0: So, we are continuing our um, series on looking at the Holy Spirit. So I think that in itself is a dangerous series to be doing, because where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. People start walking in new freedom when the Holy Spirit is at work, and that's dangerous. The Holy Spirit is dangerous but good, and... um, You know, and I love it when the Holy Spirit moves, when you see people impacted by the Holy Spirit, when you see people on fire with the Holy Spirit, they almost seem unstoppable to outwork in the purposes of God. You know, when we were hearing this morning that God is a consuming, or we're worshipping Him and singing how He's a consuming fire. You know, there is a consuming fireness with the Holy Spirit, consuming everything that isn't of God. And that's a good thing, because I want all of my life to be all of God, on everything that I do, everything that I say, to be from God, to be about God, because it's good. It brings light, hope, goodness to everything around us, to all that we see and all that we do. Everything that we speak that's of God brings hope, brings life, brings meaning, and that's great. Isn't that great? That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we know. That as we allow him to consume us, to be the consuming fire, we will see the world changed with the good news of what Jesus came to do 2,000 years ago. And he's continuing to do in each one of us. And that's exciting. So this morning, we are looking at um, the next... Uh, preached this morning. He's looking at freedom through the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to walk in more freedom in God. I know that I could live in more freedom. I know it. And I know as I walk with God, as I journey with him, and I open myself up to him, he's, he's good because he will show me things where I can walk in greater freedom. And before I was preparing for this, you know, we're doing the Living Free. Most, some of you, most of you, some of you are, are, are coming along on a Wednesday night and, um, and, and doing the Living three with us. And I don't know about you, but it's great material. It's a great chance to get deeper into um, the Word of God, but also this teaching about living free. And um, this last week, we looked at hearing from God. And... As we're doing a series on the Holy Spirit, I really felt that God gave me this picture. And I wanted to share that with you just as I start. And so I'm going to ask, first of all, for everyone to just close their eyes. Because we can all hear from God. And I just want to give you an opportunity now to hear from God through your imagination. Because one of the things that we looked at on Wednesday is that God uses our imagination to help us hear from Him. And I want us to use our imagination. And one of the things that we're encouraged to do on Wednesday was ask specific questions of God, specific questions. Because when we ask specific questions of God, we can believe and expect that God will answer those questions. And sometimes he does it with a little thought, with a little picture, with a maybe even just one word. And I just want us to, for a moment to picture a well. In your minds, Can you picture a well? I'm sure all of us can do that. Um, it might be that um, your well has a roof over it. It might be that you can picture um, a pulley, a, a bucket, has it got a rope? Does it have a circular brick wall around it? Just picture this well in your mind. And just while you're picturing this well, just ask God... You know, what is the meaning of this for me? Is there anything in this well, Lord, that you would want to say to me right at this moment in time? Maybe you can ask him a question. Look over the edge of the well. How deep is your well? How deep is the water in your well? How far down does it go? Okay. You can open your eyes again if you like. Now just, did you feel God speak to you during that picture? Okay. It's a few nods. And if you didn't, that's okay. Because learning to hear God's voice can be quite hard. You know, um, but also it's quite easy. It's one of those things. It's a yes, but no. But actually, yes. But but actually, you know, it can be sometimes quite hard. We... um, we're having a conversation with Riz Roz earlier, um, and she's next door with, with the kids, and she's doing a little bit with them about hearing from God. And it, it's, it's a challenge, because even our children, you know, you talk to them about hearing from God at bedtime. Often, this bedtime's a good time to talk to children about deep things, because they are half asleep. And, uh, and actually, they're more responsive to when you talk to them. And, and the children often ask, how do you know that's God speaking? Well, how do you know? You know, and there's a confidence that we have as Christians that actually, that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We do. When we became a Christian, when we made a step of faith, when we believed that Jesus was Lord and and Saviour, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, comes into our hearts. So we have the Holy Spirit in us. So there's a confidence that we have, there's a faith that we have that when we ask, that God will respond. That when we ask God a question, that he will speak back to us. So when we, our children ask that question, we sort of try and reassure them that actually God wants to speak to us. And actually we can believe that he does when we ask him these questions. And sometimes it can take time to process that, to learn how to hear from God as he speaks to us. You know, as I was looking at uh, this very picture of a well and uh, talking to God about it, you know, one of the things that he said to me, if you've got a really deep well, if you've got a really deep well, you look down it, when um, the picture, God reminded me, again, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, God reminded me of when we as a family went to, um, uh, no, Dover Castle, it was Dover Castle. Anyone been to Dover Castle? Yeah, a few people. It's worth a visit. Go to Dover Castle. It's a fantastic place to visit. And at Dover Castle, inside Dover Castle, they have this one. Anybody like history here? People like history? Yeah, a few people. Same hands. If you don't like history, go to Dover Castle. You'll start liking history, I'm telling you. It's got some great history. And it's the history all through the ages from the... I don't know, even before the Norman invasion, they've got loads of history before that and and they've got obviously the tunnels, if you like, the Second World War, go there, because they've got all these tunnels of Winston Churchill and all the various tunnels in there. But uh, so uh, Dover Castle, that's right. In Dover Castle, they have the Norman, they have one of the best surviving Norman keep and building. What's the building? The historians in the room? That building. Um, but inside there, they've got various medieval setups. But there's one particular room where they have a well. And this well, is, is, it's got him bricked up now. But the boys and I sat next to him. We looked down it, and you could not see the bottom of this well. And as we looked down, and we had nothing with us, because, you know, you always want to throw something down a well, don't you? When you see a well, you want to throw something down it. Um, and so all I had was a bottle of water. So I said to the boys, let's just tip this water down the well and see what happens. Not expecting anything. But when we took the water down, after about, it was nearly 10 seconds. Honestly, honestly, it was a very long time. We sat there and we could not believe it. We just thought, oh, it's just disappeared. It just... But after about 10 seconds, we heard a splash. This must be the deepest well in the whole universe. I'm telling you, it was deep. And I felt that when God... Um, God sort of talked to me about this well. It's that the deeper your well, so if God gave you a deep well in your picture, then God might be saying to you that the, the propensity for you, the deeper your potential to understand how much God has done for you, that you have an understanding that God has sent his son Jesus to die for your sin, that you are completely free. That you have an understanding of that truth, that there's a deepness in your heart of His deep love for you. Just possibly. But you see, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Holy Spirit's speaking to people right now as you allow Him to. You know, God wants to fill, if you think of yourself as a well, God wants to fill this well. You know, what's your picture of a well? Did it start filling up with water? In your picture. You know, God does that. He He enlarges our picture when we ask questions about it. You know, God wants our wells to overflow. You know, there's 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 a verse in the Bible where Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. That he wants each of us to be a spring of living water that overflows. He wants us to overflow with living water. That's the truth for each one of us as Christians. It wants us to overflow with joy, peace, love. How much do you overflow with the living water of God? You know, we went, to, um, went on a walk to the North Downs. Anyone like walking? A few people? It's the same hands. It's everybody like? It's just those people that like doing things. So I like walking. Abby and I like walking. we go walking a lot and um, the North Downs there's a certain place where there is um, it's called the Devil's Punch Bowl. Has anyone been there? A funny name, isn't it? Funny thanks thanks Karen it's a funny name for a place, but we went there once with the, the boys. we took them for a walk and we drove down a road that we were not supposed to drive down, which is very entertaining as people look at us as we were driving down this road. but we went for a walk around the, the sort of In a bit. And there's a spot there that we didn't know was there. We're walking past it and there was just water coming out of the ground. There was a natural spring. Now obviously we've got natural springs here in Karsholton. Did you know that? Water just coming out of the ground from nowhere. God wants that for each one of us. And it's the Holy Spirit that is the living water coming out through us. As we allow ourselves to be channels of the Holy Spirit, living water, this is the truth, this is what the Word of God says, living water will flow from within us, out to each other, to the world, to our neighbours, to our workplaces, and we we stayed in this place on the North Downs. For ages, because we were fascinated by this spot. I mean, it's not a tourist place. Nobody goes there. It was just in the middle of nowhere. And there was just water just almost bubbling out of the ground. Tom wanted to build a house and live there. But God has that for each one of us, that we would be springs of living water overflowing to all of those around us. Right. So I want to start with a quiz. Okay, we're going to do a quick quiz. Okay, so you ready? Right, now this is a very short quiz because it's just one question, right? But this quiz starts with this question, can you guess what film this narrative comes from? Okay, you ready? You've come to fight. Now, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. If What I want you to do, okay, is when you know the film, just shout out your answer from where you are, okay? Okay, right, here we go. You've come to fight. (laughs) I thought we might have got it by now. Phew. Right. You've come to fight as free men and as free men you are. Ah, I knew it wouldn't take long. Right, let me finish the rest of it and then the rest of you will begin to recognise. It was Braveheart, by the way, if you didn't hear, if you're listening on the recording. You've come to fight as free men and free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? The crowd shout know. And the man says, "Against that, no. We will run, and we will live." Aye, not very good with my Scottish accent there. Sorry, Kevin. Oh. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, his Scottish was a bit dodgy, I must admit. But uh, do, do you want to read this for me? It might sound better. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a bit Irish. I know my Gaelic is all mixed in. I fight and you may die. Run and you'll live at least a while. <laughs> and dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance? Just one chance to come back here and tell your enemies that they may take our lives but they'll never take our freedom. They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Great film, isn't it? Quite old now, They're showing my age. But what freedom were these people fighting for? Freedom from Scotland? Freedom from the tyranny of the English? But were they truly free? You know, at the time, freedom for them was really important. But my question to us this morning, as we talk about freedom through the Holy Spirit, freedom as Christians, is what does it mean to be free? Free from what? You know, what does freedom mean as we outwork our daily lives in um, knowing and and outworking this freedom? Freedom is one of those words that um, we hear a lot today. You know, it's used a lot in our our modern-day Western culture. There's a lot of desire for freedom, the need to find freedom, to know uh, freedom. It's, It's a drive for many, and in fact, you know, one would argue that it's one of the only moral imperatives that we have left in society, in the Western culture. It's seen as many, actually, as an absolute value, the most important value in life. You know, we hear things like, what's most important in life is that you are free to be who you want to be, freedom to be yourself. I'm not constrained by anything. I create my own moral universe. My life is my own. So yes, in many ways, we are free. This is true to a degree. But in essence, it's ultimately false. You know, God has given us freedom to make choices, but he's given that freedom within the constraints of his ordered universe, both natural and spiritual. You know, God's constraints are good. They are. They keep us safe. They protect us. They're reassuring, and they are strong. You know, they help us feel deep down that we are secure. In fact, you know, insecurity comes when we try and operate outside of the God-given constraints that exist. You know, freedom, from a Christian perspective, is not the absence of constraints which we're being told by the world around us. Freedom is finding the liberating constraints. It's not the absence of constraints, it's finding the liberating constraints that enable us to become all that we can be in God. It's not the doing what you want when you want. It's the sifting through the desires in each of our hearts and saying to ourselves, which of these desires, which are the things that, that motivate me in life, which are the ones that operate within God's liberating constraints? Which of my desires lead to freedom as a Christian? Now, just for example, I think we've got some that might come up on the screen. Firstly, the ones that are in line with the Word of God. You know, if this is the, the manual, the guidebook, the thing that we use to help us know what the biblical godly constraints are. Things that are in line with the Word of God. Praise and worship. Getting into God's presence. Worshipping Him. Godly constraint. If you worship him, wow. You know, your day goes very differently if you do that at the beginning. Not lying or stealing. Fairly straightforward. Giving, being generous. Serving, repentance. Loving, forgiveness. Just examples, sort of things that are, when you operate within those things, then you'll find greater freedom. Now, just looking at, The bottom one on the list, forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is an example of a non-negotiable constraint within the Christian walk. Forgiveness is a powerful, freeing desire. But it doesn't often come that easy. You know, it feels good to be angry, doesn't it? Like the straight faces. It does feel good to be angry. You know, if it... If it didn't feel good, we wouldn't do it. It feels good to be angry. It feels good to hate and even pay back someone for the wrong that they've done to you. But it's not the right way. It's not the right way. If we harbor any unforgiveness in our hearts, we must forgive. We must forgive to be free. To be free. Freedom comes when we forgive. You know, it makes sense, even though it's not easy. If we stay angry at someone, it will begin to distort and disrupt our whole life. It distorts relationships. And also, our perspective of other people who have behaved like the person who's wronged us. You begin to mistrust people because of the the sin that has been done to you and what it reminds you of. You grow in mistrust and possibly even bitterness... And resentfulness. The power of forgiveness frees us. Freedom through the Holy Spirit. And forgiveness is just one aspect. Humility is another. <laughs> See what God's been working on in my life. Humility is a powerful, freeing desire. We might not desire it too much, because often it can be quite difficult. But humility is laying down ourselves laying down our will for another, preferring another in any given situation. That's humility. You know, the deeper you get into any relationship or friendship, the more you have to give up your independence. There is a cost to a friendship. Any friendship, because you have to compromise. You know, if you want to do something and they want to do something else... Well, one of you has to say, well, we'll do that. Sometimes, obviously, you, sometimes the other person. Any relationship or friendship, the deeper you get, you have to give up independent self-assertions to no freedom. You know, a love relationship between two people is where both people say, I will adjust for you. I will change for you I will do something to make this work. I will sacrifice for you. Now, obviously, it needs, doesn't, if, it's not, if it's one-sided, then that makes it very difficult. But a relationship that's working is where both parties are saying, I will change for you. There is nothing more freeing than being in a love relationship. Honestly, that's how God's ordained it. You know, it's not just marriage, but any relationship. And bringing us to God, God himself on the cross gave himself. He loved us so much that he gave himself completely on the cross. And as we trust and believe in him, we've received his love. We've received it. We are accepted completely, totally and utterly. Isn't that great? But love works two ways. You know, the Holy Spirit gives us the desire to give ourselves to God, to give ourselves to him. Paul says, to live is Christ. Don't worry, I won't read the second half of that. (laughs) To live is Christ. Paul gave himself completely to Christ because he knew how much God loved him. The freedom of being a Christian is surrendering every area of our lives to the will of God. Now, I've got into a habit now of not doing a preach without a quote from Tim Keller. So why give up that habit? So in the words of Tim Keller in his book, Making Sense of God, this is what he says. When a Christian grasps how Jesus saved us at infinite cost to himself how he emptied himself of his glory and took on a humble form to serve our best interests. It creates a grateful joy that inwardly moves us to want to please, know, and resemble him. Hallelujah. Our happiness gets put into his happiness. He is fully happy, God is, fully happy with himself, with who he is, And then our happiness, our inward, you know, when we were worshipping, you know, there was something deep in me that just like, Jesus, you are so wonderful. Jesus, you are so wonderful. Oh, wow. Our happiness gets put into his happiness. And serving him becomes our perfect liberation. Tim uses, but it's our perfect freedom, our delight in Jesus. The more we delight in him, the more we experience his joy, his peace, the more freedom we will enjoy. My prayer is that God will continue to fill us with his Holy Spirit through this series, fill us with his truth, with his joy, that our spring will overflow, our wells will overflow now this is the crunch part. If we have fears, if we have insecurities, if we have unresolved hurts, unresolved sins or doubts, or lies that we believe in, then it will be hard for us to know the freedom that the Bible talks about. Because we we will allow access for the enemy to rob us of the freedom. We just won't experience the freedom. But this freedom is available to all of those who are in Christ Jesus. Freedom in Christ, through the Holy Spirit, is one that sets us on a journey when we give all those things I've just mentioned to him. When we give them to Jesus. When the Holy Spirit reveals anything to us that is not of him. So when we hear, so at the beginning when I was talking about hearing God, God wants to speak to us all the time. If there are things that God says, actually, you know what? You just need to give that to me. That's not of me. You don't need that. Stop holding on to it. Just give it to me. And we find freedom when we do it, honestly. If there's fear, give it to him. Rebuke a spirit of fear and stand in the truth of who you are in Christ. Because you have that authority. You have that confidence of being a daughter or a son of him, of God. The God of all creation loves you and wants you to walk in that. You don't need to be fearful. You can just lay that, give that to him, he'll look after that. As we, the created ones, come in line with the Creator, we will experience more and more freedom. It's the Son that sets you free. You would be free indeed. John 8:36. There we are. Jesus has set us free. Truth. It's only in Jesus that we find true freedom. Amen? It's in Jesus we find freedom. True freedom. God has shown us a way to know this freedom by sending Jesus. By believing in Jesus. By trusting in Jesus. That's the way to find freedom in life. As we come in line with the truth, we walk in freedom. You know, the truth sets us free. That's what the word says. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. And when we talk about hearing from God, you know, God wants us to know the truth. You know, He's not going to lie to us, He's not going to deceive us. He's full of truth. He is. And so when we ask him, he's going to reveal the truth to us. He's believing that that is what's going to happen. And we will know freedom. Freedom comes when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and what God is saying. Freedom comes when we see the best in people, when we bless people, when we see the best in ourselves. I think one of the biggest lies of the enemy is by Believing, you know, we hear, ah, oh, you, 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 you can't do that. So, Who do you think you are? What do you think you are trying to do that? Or, you know, when we hear, when we, when we see the worst in people. Freedom comes when we see the best in people, all the people around us. When we bless people, when we encourage people. You know, God's constraints are are wonderful and good. And when we see the best in people, it releases freedom in us. Jesus calls us out and he uses us to outwork his purposes. And just on the back of that, just beware of a critical or judgmental attitude towards anyone because it can lead for the enemy to rob you of your freedom. It can. You know, we're we're in a spiritual battle we're in a spiritual battle and the enemy is not the person in front of you it's not the person at work it isn't the person you fell out with at work you know ask the holy spirit what is it lord that's that's coming against me in this situation what is it that, that i could pray into to see a breakthrough in this situation because we've been given the authority christ has delegated us to be his instruments, his voice piece in the world. And we need to shine with the truth. We need to bless those people who are persecuting us and bring out God's purposes for their lives, that they would see life. God will speak to us about that, but then God might say, no, don't do that. You know, Every situation is different. and That's where the Holy Spirit leads us. To have the wisdom to know what to do in any given situation. How often do you speak to God in that way? My encouragement is to draw from His wisdom and His counsel. Some battles are not for you to fight, He doesn't want you to fight every battle that there is, but He wants you to fight specific ones. And as you do, you will see victory. You will. Because he has defeated. He's won a victory. He's won the victory. Good. Amen. And he's calling us to battle, to find freedom, to know freedom. And then freedom comes when we love, when we love and demonstrate love. Freedom comes when we start walking in freedom. Freedom comes, um, freedom takes courage and freedom takes faith. Those three things. We have to step out. And it takes courage sometimes to step out. It takes courage. But God is with us. Freedom takes faith. Faith in Jesus. You know, faith that Jesus has saved us from our sins. You know, sometimes prayers um, don't get prayed because sometimes we don't believe that God is going to do what we're going to pray for him to do. It takes faith to believe that he saved us, that he's done something for us in this way. I wanted to read a bit from Romans, but I'm, I feel like I'm going to leave that. But you know, there is a, a truth in Romans 7 where Paul really understood what it meant to struggle with um, you know, knowing his, the freedom that we have in Christ. He talks about... You know, what a wretched man I am, who will rescue... He's waging war with the law of sin at work in him. And he really struggles for us to read. But Romans 7 leads into Romans 8. And we all know Romans 8. Romans 8 is full of truth about who we are in Christ, that there is no condemnation in Christ. But I like Romans 7 because it's a great contrast of the fact that, you know, there is this war raging. You know, Paul says this... You know, it's sin that's living in me that sort of makes me do things I don't want to do. But we have the Holy Spirit in us that Romans 8 reminds us that we can walk in victory. You know, Romans 8, 2, uh, because through Christ, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. It's, that's the truth. We've been set free. We've been set free. We're free. To enjoy the freedom of Christ's righteousness. All of Christ's righteousness is ours. You know, sin no longer holds us. You know, we might sin again, we will sin again, but Christ's blood has washed us clean of all of that. We've washed clean because of Christ's blood. There was one other thing, I was going to share one more picture. Um, the last thing I want to say is that freedom takes faith as we step out and trust in God and I think that's come out in those last three points but you know he will hold us up when we step out in faith when we start walking in his uh, wonderful freedom and I just want to share that a picture that wasn't me actually it was Christine Coles shared at the prayer meeting last Sunday and um, and it was a picture of just being sheep in a field Steve, if you want to add to this, then feel free. But I think the general gist of it is that the sheep were sort of happy in this field, grazing. And things were actually fairly going fairly well. They had the, the grass. I mean, sheep don't really need much, do they? Grass and, uh, and more grass. And, um, and then she had this picture of that this field was on the edge of a cliff. And as the sheep were grazing... Um, you know, it's almost like um, they were getting closer and closer to the edge of this cliff. And it was as if they were going to fall off. And almost like they were, uh, in, they were feeling the need to get close to the edge of this cliff. <laughs> and they, were, they went off the cliff. But as they went off the cliff, they started to fly. They started to fly. And I think you, there's something in that picture for me that spoke to me and I feel for us as a church. That until you take that step off the cliff, you're not going to know what it's like to fly. You know, you're just going to think there's a cliff there. There's no way I'm going near that cliff. But God encourages us with faith to take that step. And maybe this week, you know, you might ask God a question and he might hear you. I would love to hear testimonies on a Sunday of you asking God a question And him speaking to you. And revealing something new. You know, even just a, you know, no testimony is too small of God's provision, of God speaking. You know, and it'd be great to hear what God is speaking to every one of us about. You know, share in your life group. Come and share this Wednesday. You know, we can have testimonies on Wednesday. So open your spiritual eyes to where God is speaking and what God is saying. And he will speak. And he will bring us into greater freedom. Let's stand. And I'll just pray and then hand over to Mike. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for our sin. That sin no longer has a hold over us. That we can walk in the Spirit. We can walk in victory. I just pray for everybody here right now. That their ears would be open, and then their eyes would see the wonder of your work, that people just would just walk in greater freedom, that we'd all walk in greater freedom, as we look to you, Jesus, as we draw from your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are our counselor, that you are our guide. Speak now, I pray. Speak to individuals in this room. Fill us all with your Holy Spirit that we will be overflowing, Jesus, overflowing with you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.